Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 94 of the Galactic Dads podcast. I am Brennan, and I am back to let you know that we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. That can include bits of dad advice for any of your daddy issues. We talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and so much more. We're all about that geeky pop culture vibe. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever we want to talk about, we're probably going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Today, though... Uh, obviously, I am joined by Laser Eric. Hey, what's happening? And uh, I'm also uh, happy to tell you guys we're going to dive into Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, that is what we're after today. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, we of course want to cover all of our normal daddy bases. Uh, and uh, normally, we always get things started off the right way, <laughs> and we do that with our beers of the week. So I'm going to go ahead and get that going. Is this going to be the weirdest beers of the week this that gonna we've be, had in a while? Or it's going to be a different one. It's going to yeah. be different. Yeah, it uh, is different. I was, I was at the store uh, pre-show, and I was trying to figure out what the beer of the week was going to be, and I just couldn't shake an end cap that I kept walking by. Uh, so we decided to try something new, try something different. And with that, we're uh-huh. going to do the Mountain Dew Hards. Mountain Dew Hard Seltzer. Yeah, they are, um, well... They're five percent alcohol by volume beverage. Obviously, they're twenty-one and up. It uh-huh. is a seltzer. Um, it's a malt beverage uh, with natural flavors, artificial sweetener, and certified color. And of course, it's got yellow five up in there. Uh, the good news is there's only a hundred calories per twelve ounce serving, so it's That's still healthy. Thing. There's no sugar <laughs> apparently, so it's healthy Mountain Dew. Uh, and I'm I'm ready to crack the Baja Blast one. Make me feel like I'm at Taco Bell. I'm looking forward to trying that. I've got the Black Cherry uh, per your recommendation. This one's actually that uh, one's not bad. No, I like it. It's it's kind of code reddish. So it looks like this is brewed by Green Rebel Brewing Company in Memphis, Tennessee, in oh. collaboration with the Boston Beer Company. So uh, I guess Boston Beer Company probably had the licensing and uh, the partnership with Pepsi to do this. Can art's pretty cool. Um, I like it. It doesn't taste like like a normal seltzer, but uh, I'm I'm enjoying this more than I want to admit. Dude, that's dangerous. <laughs> is it? That's like dangerous. That's good. my next one. Is the Baja Blast? So I gotta get through this because I feel like I'm. It's it's like a Baja Blast from Taco Bell with just a little <laughs> tiny bite on the end of it. No kidding. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, does it come with the Mexican pizza? No, but Damn, even if it I'd did, sold. you couldn't get out. You couldn't do that now. Yeah. No kidding. Out. <laughs> but uh, it's actually not bad. So we'll try other ones throughout the episode. But uh, yeah, not bad at all. Mm, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm so, impressed. So yeah, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Um, normally we, oh, my track thing's going crazy here. But anyway, uh, let's just jump right into daddy issues. I've got one that that really got me going, man. Today, let me tell you guys all about it.
All right, it is 2022, and I am desperately trying to figure out how this happens, but I went to the DMV today, and that was awful. That was your first mistake. It truly was (laughs) not good. Uh, It's the middle of the month, so I figured I'd have a pretty good shot here, right? Like, you know, nobody's last minute paying taxes or getting their car plated. Like, I thought we'd be good. No, my dude, I walked in, (laughs) and they were out the door. People just waiting out the door, and I thought, oh, that's not good. That doesn't make any sense. It's right in the middle of the month, so you're past all the people that waited an extra week after their stuff expired. Right, or years, whatever. Well, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, you Jedi, John. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's not the point. Anyway, I knew that was going to be a problem as soon as I saw that. I went inside, people everywhere. I thought, this is a super spreader event but I need a new driver's license because <laughs> mine's expired and I'll be traveling next week Whoops. Uh, for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, and rub I, it in. Rub yeah, it in. I yeah, will. I will. I will pepper that throughout just to <laughs> make sure everybody's on board. Um, but, yeah, so I was like, I need this. Um, and I needed to get, it's called a real ID now. Yep, so you can fly. And so I can fly. And by the time we go around May of next year, you have to have the real ID or a passport. To fly domestically. Now, do you have, I'm assuming if you're getting a real ID that you don't have a passport. I do have a passport. Oh, okay. So, okay. But either way, I mean, if you're getting but the if ID, I was you there might to as well get one, get I might as well get one. So then they're interchangeable at that right. point. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so I wanted to do that and I had everything I needed. Turns out I thought I did. I didn't. But when you look, because for my second form of homeowner, like address verification, I had my auto insurance policy. But I had it on my phone, like everything else, saved in my Apple wallet. (laughs) You have to print it out because they scan the document in to make it work. In 2022, you have to print it out so they can scan the document in. Couldn't believe it. Mind blown. So much for the environment, guys. Yeah. Kill another tree. And uh, Vito's commenting that you woke up and chose evil by going to the DMV. Yeah, I woke up and chose violence. He, uh, Department of Motor Violence. Is he what also that thinks for. that you should uh, you should shotgun one of these seltzers to. Uh, he is know. a terribly bad influence, and I think that would burn a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it probably would, but don't you do it? Don't. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do it. I don't. Oh, do I'm that. not doing that. I don't do that. Uh, I can't. It just doesn't work for me. Not these. They're too sweet and too carbonated. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a normal beer, still probably not. But I like to think we would. Uh, a normal beer is a strong maybe. But, yeah, this is, yeah, no. I don't think that would work. Yeah, that's another daddy issue. But right. we'll get to that another time. So, yeah. anyway, uh, I left there. Not empty-handed, though. I refuse to come back again until I absolutely <laughs> have to. Uh, so, I have a normal idea on the way. Although, when I took, I did a new photo. Oh, yeah? No, oh, of course, I, everybody watching. I look well-kept these days. Yeah, you've um, got the luxurious... Yeah, uh, I'm really letting, luxurious them, letting the mane going. out. And it was, like, all <laughs> poofed out and onto the sides. I looked like uh, Dumb and Dumber. I looked like Lloyd. <laughs> nice. And they're like, do you want to smile or anything? I said, hell no. Hell no. There's a gnat <laughs> down here, and it's, like, smoke in my mouth. I've noticed that. Piece I've noticed shit. that. We'll, we'll get it. We're going to get it. There it is. We're going to make it shotgun the seltzer. Jesus Christ. Did you get it? I don't think so. Uh, that's what another daddy issue. Nats. It's all up in my face. Nats. All right. So anyway, um, no, that's really it. I did. I still understand why we as functioning adults have to go to horrible places like that. <laughs> there was a dad in there next to me with his kid, and he was a nice kid. Um, he was probably 
seven ish. Okay. I'm thinking a little smaller than Logan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he was just like he was a perfect kid. He was hmm. sitting there and he was just hanging out with his dad and they were playing games on the phone together. And I was like, this is well done. That's awesome. This That's is awesome. well done. Because our kids, my kids and your kids, will both be like, Dad, this sucks. Can we leave? Can we de- Can yeah. we leave? I'm like, look, I burned an hour here. I'm not, no. <laughs> I'm not coming back. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a weak daddy issue, but we had to get out of the way so we could talk about the thing that we really want to talk about this week. Most definitely. Most definitely. Because mm. I know you saw it. I did, I did. I saw it on, I, I don't know if you, does Friday count as opening night or is it uh, Thursday? I mean, we can count it. We can count it. I mean, I'm not worried about the, um, I'm not worried about the, the stroke of going on opening night, but. Yeah, uh, not anymore. You know, no, I just, you know, really it's just a crusade to avoid spoilers because they're That's so rampant. Is. You cannot get on Twitter at no, all you if can't. you're not seeing stuff. Yeah, you can't do anything anymore. But, you know. Whatever. Here we are. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's let's jump into movies, shall we? Let's do it. All right. I It was a good it was a good movie. We're going to start off like that. This is how I felt about uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, it. I was entertained. It was a Marvel movie, dude. I so loved. Let's start it. with that. I loved it. It was. It was a blast to watch. Um, it's not the most serious piece of of Marvel entertainment. It's not serious uh, at all. It's a comedy. But I I didn't want it to be serious, especially after. I mean, let's be honest. The past few have been a little heavy. Um, especially Doctor Strange was real heavy in a lot of places. That's true. That's true. It was kind of nice to have some levity there. I I loved the movie. Um, it was. It. I don't think it was as good as Ragnarok, but I think it's a lot better than the critics are giving it. Yeah, I mean, my only, my only real problem with the movie because I, I had to think about this for a little bit. And I, again, it's a good movie. Right. I was entertained. Um. And a lot of stuff you just watch happen, you go, that's just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and that's kind of the fun of it. Of course, it's ridiculous. You're watching a freaking space Viking. Dude, yeah. those, those those goats. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I forget their name. One's like Nasher and the other one's it's like but, Tooth Nasher and yeah. Tooth Grinder or something. Yeah. yeah. Which, and I was trying to figure <laughs> out who the that who the actor for the alien was that gave Thor those goats. Oh yeah. I don't know. Cause he's in full on alien makeup and stuff. And you're like, no, I know this guy. Like yeah. I can see him. I just can't place him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so my biggest grief with the film is one, it starts out very like, it's like Christian Bale. And he, I, I mean, he, he's Christian Bale. Like, I don't, know that the guy knows how to do comedy except i think he can i think he can do comedy but i get what you're saying like he i mean he sold that role and yes, he did i mean hell, christian I, bell was a fantastic gore yeah by the way. he is a great gore the god butcher um i was on his side after the first scene of the movie Honestly, oh yeah after the cold open i was like god i yeah, yeah that, I don't that blame cold this open dude. was like, tough kill everyone go um yeah it, it and it's you know it's funny because I sit there and and this happens every time and and Marvel and Disney are not immune to it, but uh, and uh, we're we're gonna probably have some spoilers here, uh, however light, but spoilers in three, two, 
one, um, when he's sitting there and he's holding his daughter, and you can kind of tell like where it's going. Oh yeah, and where she's going to be. Yeah, that she's yeah. going to die. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're not going to kill a kid in the first three minutes of this movie. I'm going to be pissed. Oh yeah, no, they do. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they um, did. not in graphic fashion. Not not anything that's that's going to like put she, you off. But she just dies of exposure and heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, it it was terrible. Yeah, it but, was it was really bad. And um, this is the part that really bothers me. Is because he's sitting there praying for her to the gods. Yeah. And she just, nope, no prayers are answered. And then he gets to meet a god whom he just so happened to be praying to after the fact. Right. And he finds out that they do not care about him. Nope. At all. Nope. They don't want nothing to do with him. And then, uh, of course, the necro sword sword shows up. And uh, it really it changes his whole perspective mm-hmm. on things. Yeah, they had, they had just killed the they just killed the previous owner of the Necro Sword, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, you know then the Necro Sword found its new host. I guess you could say not to not to be all symbiotic about it, but it really kind of it is kind of tracks. So the Necro Sword in the comic books is the sword of the symbiotes, which think mm-hmm. Venom, Cletus, Cassie, Carnage. Uh, I mean, why is why is this happening to me right now? King in Black, who is it? The oh, God of Jesus. the Symbiotes. Uh, dude, it's happening to me too. Oh, oh dude. All right, no, um, it's no. Sorry, there I, we go. I had to okay. think of the graphic that they used to promote the the comic book crossover event, and it said Noel is coming, and it was in like against a a black background mm-hmm. with white gooey letters. <laughs> and everybody's like, is he? Is he? <laughs> right, right. So anyway. Awkward. So Noel crafts the the necro sword, and it's it's the sword of the king of the symbiotes. Whoever yep. wields it can command the symbiotes. Uh, which, fun fact, the king of black in comic books right now is, is Eddie Brock. Yes, it is. Yeah, so he wields the necro sword. But anyway, <laughs> so when I saw the necro sword, pull up and then i saw it curse gore Mm -hmm. as he picked it up it really kind of looked like it was a symbiotic relationship i mean i was like they're gonna do it because venom kind of exists now in the mcu after the events of no way home at the very minimum the symbiote does yeah so and that's the symbiote is venom so i was like dude they're gonna do it they come real close (laughs) but they don't actually say it and you're like okay yeah. They'll eventually do it. Um, but I thought that was cool. I thought the Necro Sword was well done. I think the way that the Necro Sword was kind of portrayed in the same light as like Mjolnir. Yeah. And I, in this film, Stormbreaker as well. Yeah, that, that made a difference. Um, and I, I think that was extremely helpful given the focus that the weapons were given. Yes. You know, Stormbreaker has a, a pretty substantial part in this movie, oddly enough. And Mjolnir does as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, having the Necro Sword to kind of balance that out because obviously, you know, Stormbreaker is all about rainbows. And uh, Stormbreaker, I mean, Stormbreaker accesses the Bifrost. Yes. Um, which I believe Mjolnir did not. No, Mjolnir does not because um, he had to, when, he, when Thor was wielding, Mjolnir had to rely on Heimdall, Heimdall. to open it for him. Which, by the way, uh, we get to see Heimdall's son. Yeah. And we he's cool. Axel. 
He's cool. We could see a lot of uh, the Asgardians, and and they're still great. Yeah, the the Asgardian kids. That was, I th- I that thought was a that big was... scene for me. The when you see the kids and how they react. Yes, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I, the whole thing with the the whole thing with the children, and um, I I was surprised at how quickly Gore and Thor. Um, Meet? Meet. Yeah, yeah they meet fast. early, like within the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And uh, I'm like, It is. Man. It's like the first, yeah, within the first 20 for sure. But remember, they're doing something else in that scene too. Yes. Well, yeah. And, and I was getting to that because they come to blows. Gore and Thor come to blows. And then the mighty Thor shows up. Yeah. And just throws a wrench at everybody. Yep. Um, but I, I did like how they found a, a solid way to get Thor and the Asgardians into the mix with this whole thing. They did. Um, yeah, they actually made the Asgardians matter. Yes. Um, to where they are active participants in this fight. Right, right. And considering the the exposure of all the other gods in this movie, it, it was good to see, you know, that it, the focus was more on the Asgardians and not so much on what it could have been, which would have been Zeus and all of the other gods that show up. Well, I do think that this movie, again, into this film, Thor will return. Yep. Uh, interestingly enough, they don't specify which Thor. They don't. Which and I think they did on purpose. So something I thought was funny is I, I came across an article today that apparently when Taika Waititi was asked about that, uh, he his response was, well, yeah, we saw that in the, in the final cut too, and, and Chris and I were both pretty surprised. Yeah. So, you know, and that could be, you know, that could be Taika BSing, you know, or that could be him, you know, I, there's nothing saying Taika's going to do the next Thor movie if there is a fifth Thor movie. Um, anything's possible, but um, I, yeah, I thought y- that was funny. You know what? I feel like he will do it. I kind of hope he doesn't. I wouldn't mind a different take um, a little bit. The The comedic stuff is... It's going over well. Like I said, I loved it. I loved it. I thought I thought this movie was a blast to watch. But it does make Thor into a bit of a punchline. It does. And it does. Well, let's let's get back to that after because uh, we were just talking about the scene where Gore meets Thor. Yes. Right. Which yes. yeah, we know we we get the rhyming, and then <laughs> Mighty Thor shows up, and then of course you know King Valkyrie's there. Yes. She is not to be trifled with. No. I honestly thought when I was watching the previous for this film that Valkyrie was going to die. Like That was my worry. Dude, I was worried about that too. I was worried they were going to do something extreme. Yeah. And you Well, know, I mean, they do, but she's fine. Like, spoiler alerts. Yeah, she's okay. Valkyrie's fine. It, yeah. They, they kind of they played off the... You know, they did some extreme stuff with the cast, but they played it off pretty well. Yes, they did. You know, in, in general. Um, yeah. In like fun. Thor's butt, like, was played off very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, I know Valkyrie's fine, but she does take a, she takes a pretty good hit at one point when she, when they're fighting Gore in the... Um, yeah, in the negative space. Yeah, in the negative space. I forget what they called it. But, uh, yeah, she takes a... What, what... She's okay. 
Oh yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. She's, she's hanging out at the end in a basketball jersey, teaching a bunch of kids how to sword fight. Yeah, she's doing I, was, great. I had to think for a minute because I was like, wait, did she lose a hand? Did she lose an eye? Like, no, no she's no. fine. I mean, she's one fine. one character lost an arm, you know. Um, yeah. Oh man, that bothered me though, because I really like Sif. So yeah. Sif is back, uh, portrayed by Jamie Bell. Big fan, big fan. I just but, I love that she was in the movie. Yeah, I'm glad she was in the movie too, but still like she doesn't get like <laughs> this this is a character in all of the Thor films that I think they could have really played up her love angle like the love interest angle with Thor, but initially you see that and you're like, "Oh, that could happen," but then that doesn't fit into the MCU. Correct. So, kind of like the first Thor film you know, it was setting up Thor, but they weren't sure what to do with him and how he would fold into the greater MCU. And the way that worked out, apparently, is just he has to be a joke um, and right. be stupid to make, you know, anything worthwhile, which sucks. Right. Um, and that's honestly, that's my gripe. That's my gripe with Thor as the MCU progresses, is that, I mean, he's a warrior king. He has thousands of years of experience. And they just keep making him dumber. Yeah, and that was something that we talked about after you had seen it, and and it bums me out a little bit too because you're looking at you're looking at, at Thor, who at, at this point in the comic books is the All Father. Yeah, in and, comics he's he's Odin. Yeah, and that's not you know that's no small position to hold by any means. I mean, in the current run, the run start off with him becoming the new Herald of Galactus. And right. he does not flinch when Galactus is giving him the business. Like, he he doesn't. He yeah. just, like, he doesn't say anything quippy. He's just there to say, no, Galactus, we're going to have words as soon as this threat is over in the comics. And now you see him, and it's like, everything's a joke. Even in the middle of, like, crises, mm-hmm. he's still like, everything's a joke. And now, that bothers me a little bit. There were some, there were some moments throughout the movie where you see serious Thor, I guess. Yeah, but you only see him long enough for them to set up the next joke. Like, quite literally, think of the yes. scene <laughs> after Gore steals the children from and, Asgard. And he gives As- the speech to the Asgardian parents and everything, and yeah. it was a great moment. You so know, one, he, It's a wonderful rallying cry to unite yeah. the Asgardians. He stops the, the adults and everything from... from fighting and arguing with each other and he just stops and he has a speech and it's good and then you know goes gets on the bifrost and you know stormbreaker crashes him into a building and you know so enter the next joke yeah which by the way was a funny joke oh yeah it was good it was good and it it gave rise to the goat boat which is you know that much better like i want I want a model goat boat to sit on my table oh that's got to be in the next hasbro oh uh, i hope so yeah man that's got to be great yeah Anyway, so I think for me, before we dive back into like different aspects of the story and stuff, but for me, the overall problem I have with Love and Thunder is I don't know what kind of movie I was watching. Yeah. Because there I'll was that. stuff that should be serious, but it's not. Like, I mean, how are you going to have somebody like Christian Bale be Gore, who has a incredibly relatable motivation for wanting to kill the gods. And then as he like seriously embodies the character and begins going about the task, 
they legitimately just make a joke out of everything around him. Right, right. And I'm like, how wait? <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, seriously. And then they completely move past the fact that Thor probably should still have some PTSD. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just explain that away in a workout montage at the very beginning of the film. And yeah. you're like, no. That was a three-minute MacGuffin that... You know, they just kind of just kind of let it ride a little yeah. bit. And, I mean, and I'm not saying they had to be like, you know, Thor sad because it's not what you want. And this, this no. isn't that type of film at all. And and I'm fine with that. Like, I like my superheroes to be happy. Right, right. Which, which is good. And, of course, that's what you want. But you could have showed aspects of it still affecting him. Chiefly when the children are taken. That would yeah. be a great time for him to re, you know, for that, that loss that he felt when Thanos wiped out half the universe, he could feel that again. It would really motivate him to go save the children. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I just feel like the tone being constantly inconsistent. Oh, I'm sorry, being consistently goofy <laughs> was kind of it was a weak spot in this movie for me. Yeah, because you get to a point and and I like how visually they kind of separated it because and yes and I'm gonna beat myself to death for not remembering what exactly they called the the nether world or the I'm telling I think it's like I keep trying to say the negative zone but that's not it yeah it it's gonna come to me like tomorrow yeah it's okay it um one thing I did appreciate is you had all the and and Thor all the Thor movies have had this all the bright vibrant colors the visual the spectacle of it and everything like that. You still had all that. Um, then when you get to this this space where they initially fight Gore, um, aside from a brief, really funny moment right when they first get there. It's the Shadow um, Realm. Yeah, the, the Shadow Realm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, all the colors wiped away. There's no color in the scenes. It's in black and white. Which it's, is kind of cool. I got like a, a Frank Miller vibe. Dude, I loved yeah, that like because, City. yeah, it, it created a completely, you knew that when when these characters are in the Shadow Realm, they're not, it's not the same. It's not the oh, same yeah. movie. It's not the same scenery. And that's when, you know, that's when a lot of the bad stuff starts to happen. Yeah, well, that's where Gores is most powerful. Exactly. And the one thing I did like about that scene is there was still some color. It was just all really muted. But Zeus's lightning bolt was bright. Was yes. bright. I like that. And I also like, um, even though that the kids were in the shadow realm, they were still lively. It was like watching the the kids from Stranger Things, like face Vecna. That's really kind of like the the overall feeling you get that these kids are brave even in the face of danger. Uh, which obviously, you know, they don't know that they're just bait. Right. I right, mean, yeah. This guy's no out idea. there killing gods. They're the children of gods. Yeah, they're probably on the docket. Yeah, yeah. They don't know what's going on as far as that goes. I liked how you were able to see Thor and Axel have the connection that Thor and Heimdall used to have. Which was awesome. I really liked that, which I think that also kind of helped bring about a little bit of maturity in Thor because he's got to kind of, you know, yeah, chill these kids out I agree. And, and keep them on ice a little bit. And it, I think that's, I do, I do think that this movie juggled serious and funny pretty well. Not anywhere near as good as Ragnarok did. Not anywhere near Ragnarok as good as Ragnarok. Ragnarok was much better. 
Yeah, Ragnarok was a masterpiece. This movie was not, but it was still, like, I still enjoyed it. And the funny moments were funny. Um, one thing, I'm, I'm gonna, if, if you're gonna give me my chief gripe about this movie, um, I love Russell Crowe. Like, I think that dude is an extraordinary actor. He, he is phenomenal. Um, he is phenomenal. He, he is phenomenal except when he's Zeus. Well, um, yeah, obviously he was directed to do this yes. rendition of Zeus. And it was, it was like a bad Italian, like... I, I don't even know what I was watching, I but it was horrific. I couldn't stand, like, you, you're a freaking god. You're not a freaking god. You're the freaking king of the freaking yeah, gods. You're, when um, you think of the old school gods and the pantheon of the gods and stuff, and yeah. I mean, I understand that he's Zeus is a Roman god, Grecian but for god. Christ. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's... That's right. Uh, yeah. But for Christ's sake, man, like, it just... The... the I don't know. I just... I could not get over... I will tell how you, How bad though, he was. He was. He was truly bad. And even some of his movements, you're like, why did they just do that? Um, however, the one thing that I did love is that Zeus throws lightning bolts. And, and that seeing awesome. him throw a lightning bolt at Thor, the god of thunder, was just like, yeah, what would you think was going to happen? That, <laughs> that was an awesome scene. But seeing Thor catch it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, like, yeah, like, that he does was, more with it. Yeah, like the, the whole the lightning bolt thing and everything, like Zeus showing his power was impressive. Um, but when, when him and Thor have words... And then he decides, Zeus decides to throw the lightning bolt at Thor, and Thor just catches it and throws it right back at him. Like, that was, that was badass. Like, yeah, that, that was, was badass. Really cool. And the, like, the shock on Zeus's face. Oh, yeah. Like, he makes no move to defend himself when that happens because he has never seen that in all of his years of existence. Although right. he should have been aware, right? Yeah, you would think. I mean, you know, but they did also make it very plain that the gods were more concerned with themselves than they were very with true. anything else. Very true. All and, that scene really did was just completely solidify Gore's beliefs. Correct. I mean, correct. it really did. Yeah. Um, uh, you get to see a couple celestials. You get to see Bao, God of Dumplings. Nice. That was yeah. I, you're I, right. I, All that made me think of was uh, that animated short on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. Bao. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could go. I could go for some dumplings. Uh, the Korg, Korg's God was yes. there. Yes, Korg's that was, God that was, was incredible. There. Uh, there were a lot. I thought it would have been really cool if they would have hidden, like, Zeus from Disney's Hercules. Mm-hmm. Like, if they would just put him in Hades, like, in the background somewhere. Yeah. Like, animated. Just, like, subtle nods. Yeah. That would have been cool. Just, a, like, a little quote-unquote multiversal thing a little that, bit that would have been um, cool or uh king triton yeah could have been swimming around somewhere like i mean disney owns so many characters that it would have been fun just to do that yeah it would have been they they could have done a couple of things like that um, and, and you're like you cannot tell me taika watiti is above putting roger rabbit in a film like, oh you shoot. could have gotten animated disney characters in that film he'd be like hell yeah oh without a doubt hell yeah without a doubt it did, didn't didn't Disney do like an animated uh, yeah, movie yeah. about the gods? Um, about the Greek gods? I don't know. The only thing I can think of right now is Hercules. Mm-hmm. And then in the vein of Roger Rabbit, I'm thinking of uh, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers yeah. that just came out <laughs> yeah. on Disney's Plus. Which, by the way, I don't know why I always Disney's plural on Disney's Plus. On Disney <laughs> Plus. Um, 
that's good. But that should have happened in this movie. Uh, another thing I would have liked to have seen the orgy. Uh, I'm just going to say it out loud. <laughs> I would have. Uh, the orgy was actually really hilarious. Call the producers of the boys to make yeah. a uh, tough fan video. But yeah, it, it was funny that it kept getting brought up. And then you've got you've got the mighty Thor and you've got King Valkyrie sitting in the back. And <laughs> like, did he just say orgy? Like, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, we might if we we might go. We got time. Yeah, like she like they're down with the get down. Like they're they're ready to go. It's like, hey, we're here, whatever. And um, I will say, um, I would have been okay with it. <laughs> However, I'm glad they don't do it because I want. Mad at I honestly want my daughter uh, to watch this movie. Um, yeah, because you know one of the things I said that bothers me is the tone is inconsistent, and you're gonna be like, oh, what do you want? Like a dark you know, Zack Snyder, DC Universe film? And the answer no. is no, that's not no. what I want. Um, it, for me, selfishly, when I watch things, I want the, the story to be consistent and the same and that kind of stuff. However, the one thing I really like about this movie is I have a daughter who's five. Mm-hmm. I want her to like this movie. I want her to watch it, and it's going to be really easy to get my wife to watch it because <laughs> Thor is Thor, and yeah. I'm not going to lie. You get to see yeah, Thor's, he's Thor. You but, get, yeah, which, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah whatever. Anyway, it looks better than mine. I mean, whatever. Way I'm not better than mine. To say that, you know. Um, but you know, you also get to see. There's just this incredible kind of like. I don't even know how the best way to say it is. Aside from, there's a great growth of Thor as like a parental figure. And we yes. touched on it quite a bit when we talk about him talking to Axel, who's Heimdall's son, uh, and kind of the things that he's figuring out. And uh, at the very end of the film, this part I won't give away, but at the very end of the film, you can see coming the entire right. film. Yes. Especially yes. when Korg starts talking and kind of gives you that nice little expositional monologue to yeah. catch you up on what's happening. <laughs> and you're like... Oh, I could see where this is going, and then of course it does. Um, but I was very excited for that, and for that reason, I want I want to watch this movie with my kids. Um, mm-hmm, definitely, and so I I definitely want to make sure everybody understands. I love this movie, but I just had problems. Plus, as, also as a storyteller, you know, from from the standpoint of you know you have a little girl. Um, yeah, you know, I sympathize. See, that's the thing. The mighty Thor was. Like, just an excellent awesome. character. She was a badass, awesome. like, the they entire did, movie. They did really good. I think this movie could have been way longer, and you just called it The Mighty Thor. Right, right. Love and Thunder. And you get to see more of Jane Foster's exploits as The Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way that they explained why she would get the hammer. Yes. I think that was incredibly well done. Uh, because in the comic books, that's not the reason she can lift the hammer, although the hammer did call to her. Correct. So, and that's how she ends up in the, you know, in, in the on the moon and able to lift Mjolnir after mm-hmm. Thor dropped it there uh, in Original Sin. But it was really cool just to see why the hammer called to her. The fact that the hammer was still there after it was destroyed in Ragnarok. Right. Which that was a... A part of me that I was like, well, of course it's still alive. Of course it is. I didn't even think about the fact that they would recover it. Like I, I just didn't even, after Ragnarok, after it being blown to pieces, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, they settled 
right, right there. there. Yeah, which you, I didn't even <laughs> put together until they were like, "And here is where Mighty Mjolnir lay." And you're like, "Of course, yeah. duh. Why that didn't is exactly I think of that?" Where they went and built New Asgard, it was right there. And then, like, they tell you, yeah, in the Odin, beginning, Odin tells you yeah. in the beginning of Ragnarok, like, this could be Asgard. Well, wouldn't you know it, Odin? It sure is. And right there at the end of Endgame, <laughs> it's obvious. Right. Um, I, I did like they gave a nod to Thor maturing to a point where he could use... I, I, I always assume, and I, and I could be wrong, I just haven't seen anything to prove me otherwise, but I, I've, I've always assumed that the ability to bestow Thor's powers onto other people is yeah. a duty of the All-Father. And... Thor got to do it. Thor could do it. Thor could do it, uh, which was cool. Although I had, and I think this is primarily because of recent events uh, in, in the world yeah. and stuff, I did have a problem with Thor essentially turning the children of Asgard into child soldiers. I had a problem with that. Yeah, it was a little... Uh, but if, like, if yeah. I wasn't thinking along the lines of current horrible recent events... I'd be like, dude, this is cool. Look at these little gods getting to just be awesome. <laughs> right, uh, right. They're all just like finding whatever weapons lay around. And one little girl has her stuffed rabbit <laughs> or bunny or bunny whatever. Doll. And just, it's shooting a lightning out of its eyes. And you're like, this is cool. Looks like it's Homelander. And she's just <laughs> yeah. swinging it around. <laughs> like, I mean, it it was cool. Um, I don't know. I think with this movie, I'm letting some other stuff get in the way. Whereas I should just check all of my suspension disbelief it just like hang it right there at the door so um, so let me ask you yep um we're talking about, if we're thinking about phase four mcu movies at this point where does it rank for you oh this was the poll i put up on twitter uh well no i think you were comparing it, it to multiverse or. of madness multiverse or four so you know we've got shang chi we have the internals we have black widow we have spider-man no way home mm-hmm. multiverse of madness um Love we have Thunder. this movie. And, and then you have all, and I do mean all, of the Disney plus Marvel shows. All of the shows, Which yes. you can't forget. But just strictly from a movie standpoint, where do you where do you rate this one? Wow, this one's probably a solid number two. Behind Spider-Man? Yep. So yeah. I am I'm I'm pretty well right there with you. I think I think for me it's it's actually a little closer. I think it's one and one A. I think Spider-Man still wins. I think Spider-Man but, wins because of what it just allowed. Oh, yeah. yeah you know what it, I mean? Like, Spider-Man goes, we know what you're all thinking. And we are talking about No Way Home, um, of course. But that was the movie where everybody was like, this is what's going to happen in Phase 4. Like, we're going to see it. We're going to see the multiverse. Because it's briefly yeah. mentioned before right. in, in WandaVision. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the door's portal is open and it is 100% confirmed. And that is such a huge moment, not only just for the direction of the MCU itself in phase four, but this is huge fan service moment. Yeah, that's it. Spider-Man had the great, the greatest fan service and it also confirmed, you know, we said it on this show, our friends on other shows said the same thing. Said the possibilities realistically are endless with this multiverse theory mm-hmm. and everything. And Spider-Man, what they did with Spider-Man said, yeah, you guys think that anything and everything can happen. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And then they did it. And and that, I think that's what gives it the edge for me. I think yeah. from sheer entertainment, I think this movie is, is, I think Thor Love and Thunder is probably more 
entertaining. Like, I think if I'm going to put something on while I clean the house, it's going to be Thor. But if I want to put something on and seriously watch, it'll be Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. If, if, think, if No Way Home is on, I'm sitting down. Right, right, yeah. With with this movie, I like I'll pause in scenes, but I'll I'll keep going and doing what I'm doing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean that's you know, you consider all of the material that is part of it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, um, I mean I know. agree. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. And the movie still does a whole lot of incredibly awesome things too, like the way it shows you the more kind of it explores all of Thor's looks throughout his comic book history. Uh, you get to see his original stuff when he's a kid. You get to see him progress into the way he looks in the Marvel Universe now. Uh, his nod as Thor as a Ravager while he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy was really cool because it's, all that is is just him as Thunderstrike or Eric Masterson in the mid-'90s, um, which was awesome. So you get that look at Thor as well. Then, of course, you get the mighty Thor, who is Jane Foster, and you get to see that piece of kind of the more recent uh, Thor history. Um, so the movie does a really good job at somehow taking all these wonderful, this long history of Thor in the comics and showing it to you yeah. in this Marvel cinematic universe kind of point of view and making all of those looks make sense, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Um, I mean, that's, it's, it's cool that they do that. It's cool that they took the time to do it because uh, they didn't have to, you know, but I like that they did. It was very cool. Uh, the Battle Thor, I guess for lack of a better description, <laughs> where he gets the Wolverine helmet, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. And he, of course, does that because Jane's helmet shows up, and he goes, I have a helmet too. And well, it's He like, puts the helmet on, and then the wings like grow even yeah. bigger. I was dying when that happened because they're sitting there like, okay, well, we got the, yeah, we got the, the battle suit. That's cool. And then the, the, the horns went up and Steph was next to me. She's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Like, well, there were a lot of scenes exactly like that in this movie where everybody was right. like, dude, seriously, what the hell? That is so <laughs> ridiculous. But that was on purpose. Yeah. Screaming goats, for God's sake, was like a running joke throughout the movie. And, and it might be my favorite part of the movie. Dude, when they were... For in, all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I think the funniest scene in that entire movie is when they reach the planet that Gore's hiding on the in Shadow the Shadow Realm. Realm. And, and they I ran the laughed out loud. I really <laughs> did. I really did. So, I mean... Again, I'm never saying this movie's not funny because it's hilarious. Oh my I'm not God. saying it's not good. I'm not saying I don't love it. I, I just voiced my problem with the inconsistency in tone. Other than that, this movie is funny. It is probably oh, yeah. the funniest MCU film. I would agree with that because it's definitely funnier than Ragnarok. I mean, it's funnier than any of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. And, and funnier than the Ant-Man movies, too. Yes, it yeah, is. Which I think that, that catches most of the comedic value that the MCU is going after. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of takes it and, and turns it up to, you know, the, the nth degree or whatever. Um, so it's, it's very good. It's very funny. There are scenes where Thor's doing stuff that you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> like when he does the jump splits yes. to stop the cars, yes. or the flying cars, and I was just like, this is so dumb and he's just sitting there and, and you just know in the very beginning after he gets done you know 
killing everybody or all the enemies and, and, and wrecking like he pulls a team america world police saving paris <laughs> well yeah that that like that's he, the best part because he's like we got it all we took care of it we saved you and then the whole temple just shatters yeah well and he's like good job everybody he's the only one who fought yeah <laughs> it's like it's phenomenal and he was wearing a bathrobe like a minute and a half <laughs> earlier <laughs> i did like however when he decided he was going to be peaceful and he plants Stormbreaker into the ground. And it starts growing That roots. it grows roots. Yes. Which means Groot can reproduce. Yes. That's it. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that you do get to see Groot. You get to see Rocket. Yeah, I, I loved the Guardians being in it. Um, but I also love that they were only in it for as long as they I were. I was just about to say, yeah, because I, like, I love the Guardians team, but yeah. I didn't want this to be a Guardians movie. And, and I love Nebula. Yes. I the longer Nebula is in the MCU, the more I like her. Yeah, she's great. Like she she's should great. come back and be in a Thor movie. I think her and uh Valkyrie would really get along well. Yes. Either that or they wouldn't, and it would make Which it would better. be even funnier. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um the MCU this phase has done a really good job of even, no matter what you might think, because I think, like, watching the previews and stuff, we both had an idea that the Guardians were going to be much more prevalent in this movie. True. Uh, we thought that Doctor Strange was going to be more, you know, less focused on Doctor Strange. We thought that Spider-Man was going to be less focused on Spider-Man. All yeah, they're, they're, they are doing a good job of keeping the focus on the main character yes. of the film. Yeah, they're keeping yeah. it where it belongs in all these movies. I agree with you. Great. I agree. Um you know, and even even in this movie, there's more than one Thor. And you still get the focus completely on and you Thor s- Odinson. Right, right, you do. But um, Jane Foster, the mighty Thor, gets a good deal of screen time, and Natalie Portman chews it up. She's great. Yeah, of course um, she is. She's a fantastic actress. Yeah. Uh, I hear she's even thinking about maybe someday doing a Star Wars movie. But anyway, yeah, I hope Taika can convince her that that Star Wars is worth giving a try because she's at, never at least once. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, I don't know how much she tried in the prequels. But, you know, nah, she's fine. She's great. Stop it. <laughs> she's, stop it. I I love Natalie Portman. The the prequels are um, maybe not her finest work, but that is not to take away from the other work that she's done. She's well, the a, prequels are phenomenal. She is phenomenal. The prequels are good. I, listen, this is not a Star Wars show. Yeah, if you want that, you need to talk to our friends Obi-Shan and Jedi John on the Force Diet podcast. They will tell you all of it, and they know it better than we do. Indeed. There we go. Not like It's not even close. Yes, it is not. <laughs> Ooh, man. Sorry, I'm, every once in a while, like, when I look on Twitter, I see what's happening. Uh, what uh, and the, the headlines are killing me, man. Oh, God, what happened? Well, I'm seeing one from Deadline. And they say the Russo brothers. By the way, they have a movie uh, just dropped this week, The Gray Man, over on Netflix. Hmm, We're definitely going to want to check that out. Okay. But the Russo brothers call a potential Secret Wars movie for Marvel a massive undertaking. Oh, okay. Kind of like Endgame wasn't. Right. right. I honestly feel like Secret Wars is the way this goes. Yeah, I, I feel like they're heading in that direction a little bit. You know what I thought was really cool, though, um, because I don't want to get too far into that, although I think stones are being kind of laid. But in Thor, Love, and Thunder, when they finally get to Gore and they're going to eternity, which, by the way, I can't believe they did. 
That was awesome. So if you're not familiar, Eternity is a character in the Marvel comic book universe. Uh, Eternity is quite literally like the embodiment of the universe. Yeah. And uh, the um, incredible amount of power that comes with that is is, um, really at the will of whoever kind of gets to Eternity in the movie. So the fact that they went to a comic book accurate Eternity was awesome. But... When they're battling and trying to keep Gore from opening the gate in the background, and it's not even obscure, it is sitting there in your face. There are the stone statues, and one of them is of the Living Tribunal. Yep. Now, the Living Tribunal is an incredibly powerful character in the Marvel Universe as well, in the comics. And essentially, the Living Tribunal's job is to guard and maintain the multiverse. Uh, and the living tribunal, of course, is the humanoid looking figure with like three heads on uh, three heads. Are really, it's one head, but just on each side is a different face. Uh, and that is seriously the job is to just strictly police the, the multiverse. In fact, the only time that I was really familiar with the character uh, in growing up as a comic book reader was when Marvel and DC fought. In 1996, uh, the Living Tribunal and the Spectre from DC were two of the cosmic characters that had interaction with the battle. And that makes perfect sense now because obviously, if your job's protect you, the universe from the multiverse, you can't let it mix right, with DC. Right. Like, that's, that's the job. And so for them to kind of keep showing the Living Tribunal, because he's appeared... Uh, he was there, I believe, in Loki, and he popped up somewhere else in the background. But in this time, he was much more prevalent. Uh, oh, no, no, no. He showed up uh, during the portal scenes in Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Yeah, he did. That's where he was. He did. Uh, so now, like, he's a recurring element in the background of these films, which is kind of a big deal. I think that somehow the Living Tribunal is going to play a much bigger role as we move on out of phase four into five. Yeah, I I can see that. And like you and I were talking about the more that these movies go on, the more I think we both feel that the next major threat is going to be on a pretty severe cosmic basis. I mean, these movies are going hardcore cosmic. Yes. Which I think is, I think is one of the reasons why I believe secret wars is going to, come around is because it's going to have to it's going to have to fold back in on itself at some point the power creep is going to get too extreme yeah well i mean just thinking about it in the comic books they have jonathan hickman's secret wars which was kind of a big event in around 2015 i believe um which great story by the way but in that storyline dr doom takes the power of all the beyonders and reshapes reality into one remaining reality yeah I think that's the way this is moving. I really do. Uh, even the original Secret Wars, it was Doom versus the Beyonder, right? I think that's issue 10, I think. Yeah, you're right. Um, and this this incredible, iconic cover of Doom just completely battle damaged, still battling, like, let's get some um, before he steals the power. But anyway, I think what happens is... In the comic books, you had incursions between universes that were going on 
before Secret Wars was set up. It was how the Marvel Universe 1610, which is the Ultimate Universe, really got to finally meet the Marvel Universe proper, which is 616, the designation of the Marvel Universe we all know. Right. So, I mean, these things are happening, and incursions are now very real because of Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, in fact, the post-credit scene with Cleo. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Steven leaves, it's to go battle another incursion. And I think you're moments away from an incursion here. Yeah, I, I think so. So, uh, incursions, of course, lead to Secret Wars, and I think everything's kind of moving that way. I think you're going to get more um, more of that in Ant-Man. I, I, oh, Quantumania? Well, for I, sure. I'd read an article that they have a pre-screen of the movie out. And I, and I don't know if this is true or not. You know the internet. You know what Abraham Lincoln said, right? Don't believe everything you said on, you heard on the internet. But <laughs> but anyway, um, apparently there was a pre-screen of Ant-Man and uh, Quantumania done. And that was a comment that was made is that, you know, obviously Kang is, is very heavily involved. But Kang also fights another multi-dimensional being in this movie and there's also possible you know lead up to a formation of another team i don't know you know we don't know if any of that's true because uh yeah ant-man's next year isn't it yeah uh quantum mania i think is more towards mid or late 2023 yeah so i mean it's possible that it's done and it's in post you know that wouldn't surprise me the way that marvel does this stuff but we had a long way to go before we need to worry about that. I think the next one is Black Panther, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it is. And yeah, in November. I think everybody's wondering if we're going to meet Namor in there. And honestly, I think we will. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. Given it who makes we, sense. Given who we met in the mid credit scene at the end of Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also want to meet Storm in Black Panther. I want to meet Storm so bad. I think we're. I think we're going to get her. I think we're going to get her, but uh, I don't know. That remains to be seen. We've got a few months, so we can speculate till then. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. All right, well, let's, um, let's move it along then. Let's, let's give final wraps on Thor. I have, uh, like, two questions for you. Let's have it. All right. Who was your favorite character in Thor Love and Thunder? And you cannot say Thor. Can't say Thor. I'm not going to say the goats, although I loved the goats. <laughs> the goats are a running internet meme. Like they're hilarious, but they're just they're just one giant joke. You know, it's great. Before I before I answer your question, so I was after we saw the movie the next night, we were out with some friends and uh, a, a buddy of mine. We were talking, and he said something about, "Oh yeah, me and the wife saw Thor." I'm like, "Oh, what do you what what'd you think of it, dude?" And he just looked at me, didn't answer the question, just looked at me, and went, "Yeah." <laughs> like, all right, there we go. <laughs> but no, to, an- to answer your, your question, my favorite character that's not Thor um, would have to be Korg. All right. I thought you might go that way. Uh, so then, I mean, I have a follow-up question, but please tell me why it's Korg. Well, I would have went with Jane, but, you know, you said no Thor, and she was a Thor. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but what I what I loved about Korg in the movie is... The the narration, I thought, was really cool. The way that it was done and the way you, you, you got him telling the story of the Space Viking. That's true. Um, That's true. Man, he was a they, good narrator. They did a lot with him in this movie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, 
you know, he had a lot of really good screen time. Um, what happened to him at Omnipotent City was uh, a little hilarious. shocking yeah. and a little hilarious. Well, it was scary at first. And oh, then, yeah. And then it becomes really funny. I was ready to throw popcorn, but then, you know, it was funny very shortly after that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I really, I enjoyed his time on the, uh, I enjoyed his time on the screen more than I enjoyed his time in the other movies. Even in, like, in Ragnarok, he was a good character. But his other appearances, he was just kind of there, obviously. Like in Endgame, he's just sitting there playing the PlayStation. He doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Yeah. Um, I really feel like Cor- if Korg wasn't in this movie, I don't feel like it would have been the same. I would agree with that. So, well, I mean, well, who's the voice of Korg? Taika Waititi. Well, of course. So he's going to be <laughs> in quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, he was funny. Korg was great. I think Korg brought a lot of heart to the movie, mm-hmm. which is why it was great. Uh, I would say that my favorite character, if I can't say a Thor, obviously, uh, it's a toss-up between Gore. Yeah. yeah. I really, really liked Gore. It was the first time that I... It's not the first time that I've sympathized with a Marvel villain, but it's the first time I've really, really sympathized with a Marvel villain. You know what? I'll give you that. Because I mean, like, anybody can go, you know what? Thanos might have been right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might have been right. It's a good plan. It borderlines on genocide, but it's a good plan. It's a good plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which obviously is a reference to a a what-if episode. (laughs) That's not us actually saying that that was a good plan. Speak for yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, but you don't get to pick the 50-50. Remember that. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, I, like, you know, you really don't sympathize with anybody like Red Skull or Loki and no. Avengers or anybody like that. You're like, oh, ob- like Dormammu. No. You, obviously, you hate the villains in Winter Soldier. You hate the villains in Black Widow. But then all of a sudden you get to Thor, Love, and Thunder. And by the way, Malcolm. Malkalith? Malkalith? Malakith. Malakith, thank you. Uh-huh. As I have peanut butter in my mouth. From uh, Dark World, you're like, nah, I mean, yeah, you're kind of a dick. Yep, definitely a dick. In this movie, it's just this dude who's really worshiping those people and really doing the right thing. He's a disciple. Mm-hmm. And then he has to watch his daughter die. Mm-hmm. And then he meets the gods, and they are just the absolute worst. Oh, yeah, yeah. The god that he met was just such a turd. And then you learn that all the other gods behave the same way. Uh, that even turned Thor's stomach a little bit. But then, so then you, you have this incredible reason to believe in this motivation for Gore. And then he gets cursed and possessed by the Necrosword. Yeah. So you're like, you're he's redeemable, which, by the way, I think they show you a little bit at the end. But you still completely sympathize with him. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%, and even when he kidnaps the kids, it becomes pretty clear that he's not actually going to hurt them, even though his character probably should, right? Like, if he stayed true to his motivation, he probably would have. Right. Uh, But he never does. He does, I mean, they're in harm's way, don't get me wrong, but he has the chance to just start, like, executing them, and he doesn't. And But then that speaks to his character because of how much he loved his daughter who's about the age of the kids he takes exactly exactly and you know he has he has the opportunity there's the the scene where he's sitting 
with the kids. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is a good scene. It's a really good yeah. scene. Um, really good scene. And, you know, it's it's kind of... It's kind of a, a joke, not not a funny joke, but a joke in itself because Thor's telling the story, you know, and, and, and everything. And they're talking about how, oh, well, Thor, you know, Thor's coming for us and he chopped off Thanos' head. And then, you know, then Gore shows up and was like, well, you thought this was funny before. And then he rips the head off of that snake or whatever. And all the kids are freaking out. And he's like, well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Is True it because a God did that one and I did this one? Like, what's the difference? And um, yeah, that was that was a hell of a scene. That was that was a really good scene. I mean, all of them with yeah. Gore were incredible. Um, and I think my the character that ties Gore for me is Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, Valkyrie. I love Valkyrie in this movie. I think she is just she's incredible on screen, and it's like it's not even like uh oh because she's so nice to look at, which she is. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But, like, all of her scenes are just, they convey something that's so incredibly human, which is weird because she's still an Asgardian and she's the king. Right. But she's so relatable. Yeah, because. Like, there's just something about her that you're like, yeah. Yeah, the fir- like, the first time you see her, you know, that you see her in the little montage where she's sitting there. And you can tell she's just miserably bored with what she's doing. She's yeah. like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah, like, she- this is not not what I'm into. <laughs> And uh, that's relatable because uh, how many of y'all have gone to your job, whether you like it or not? I love my job, but there are some days that I walk in, I sit down at my desk, and I just put my head in my hands like, man, I am not up for this right now. It's not what I want to be doing today. Yeah, that, it's just, you know, it's part of life, but that's a relatable piece. Yeah. Well, she's also relatable in the fact that she's a nice foil for Thor and yes. Jane Foster. And she's also a really good foil for Korg. Yes, yes. So I think she her character does a lot of heavy lifting, uh, and I'm just kind of a big fan of her. And, you know, one of the things about a lot of, like, internet haters love to just kind of point out Disney for promoting the gay agenda or whatever. Yeah, whatever they choose to promote. Yeah, but I think in this movie they do it very, very well because Valkyrie is clearly, you know, not into dudes, although she was content to watch Thor be naked for a mm-hmm. while. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe she's, you know, pan, you know, whatever. But you enjoy listening to her and all the knowledge she has about love, and she's talking to Korg about love, and, you know, she does a really good job. Uh, meanwhile, she's just getting epically drunk, and I'm like, yeah, I can relate <laughs> to that. Uh, but she, like, kisses one of the maiden's hands, mm-hmm. and it's not, like, overly, like, you know what I mean? And then how the movie also, like, Korg, how Korg right. reproduces. Korg's, They're uh, all dudes. Gender is, it's a single gender species, which I've never seen that, that I'm aware of. They probably did it in Star Trek at some point, but I don't remember. But the only other time I've seen that was in the Orville. Well, they did in Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that's true. That's true. They did do it in Multiverse of Madness mm-hmm. as well. It's but, flipped, though. It's it's yes. all female. Yes. Uh, that's America Chavez's mother's. Like she was on planet of all women, but you know, you, what you get out of that kind of thing. And, and I appreciate this a great deal is you get, you get representation without screaming, look at me, I'm representing. Yeah. And, and I like that because, you know, I'm, I'm 
a hundred percent you know, we've talked about this before, I, you know, myself and Brandon, I think you agree. I'm a hundred percent an ally. Like you, you do what you choose to do yeah, and, and it's not an issue. It's your life, not um, mine. That being said, you know, I do think that sometimes the agenda goes overboard. Every agenda goes overboard. It's part of it. Why not just make it part of the story? And I like, that's exactly what they did, and I like that. Yeah, they did know? that well. I think Marvel's doing a good job with it. I agree completely. I think I think that's one thing Disney's getting right on on this stuff and Marvel and and everything is they're getting they're they're getting the representation thing and they're improving on it. I think they've listened to some of the feedback they got in the earlier phases. Yeah, and and they've kind of ran with it and and done a better job without making it. You know, you know why I think that silly. is. You know, I think that it's getting better is because they're including those diverse people mm-hmm. in the creation of the film now. They're not yeah, saying, hey, true. we'll just mention a character that is this. They're going, how would we make that authentic? And so right. they have all these different voices and you're seeing them for real now, not just as like token images to check a box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, one of my favorite things about America Chavez when you see her in Multiverse of Madness is she shows up and she's wearing like a, a pride flag pin. Yeah. And nobody ever points it out. Nobody ever says anything about it. It's there and you know it's there and you're like, that's a part of her character in the comic books. And then when she's like, when I was young, my powers first showed up. I was with my two moms and you're like, yeah, okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a very important part of the story, but it's, it's not the story. Right. And right. the same way it goes is, you know, you don't want to see... You know, it's still you know it's still not fair though. I'll tell you why because most of this movie, Love and Thunder, is Thor and Jane. True, right? Very true. Like you don't have any movies where it's Thor and Heimdall or 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 Jane and you know Valkyrie. Right. right. Like so, that's not quite fair yet. But I do think that the argument in this film isn't really about the love between the titles. Very misleading. Because you think it's about Thor and Jane. Yeah. And by and the end really of the not. movie, you find out, no, it's not. Well, and, and you also get kind of an overarching theme. Yes. Which, as which by the way, was very good for this movie. Very well done and, without being ridiculous. Yeah, but by the time you get it, all of the ridiculousness in the movie makes it feel watered down. That it, I'll agree with you on that. Now, I will say that the way that Korg species reproduces is rather ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is. But <laughs> we I mean, join this, hands over a fire for a month. What? <laughs> well, but yeah, hey, but it works. You so also have cool. flying, screaming goats. Like, exactly. don't tell me about ridiculous now. <laughs> exactly. The movie was uh, was born and bred on it, but uh, that was just another part. By of design, it kinda, by yes. the way, they everything they do in there is beautifully on purpose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's well done. Yeah, true. You had a second question. Um, my second question, oh, no, it was which character was your favorite? And then mm-hmm. the first question was overall thoughts on the next villain for Thor. The next villain for Thor? Yeah. If Thor returns, and it means Thor's probably going to get his own standalone film again, which would be number five. Which, yeah. that Which I would not have picked Thor in the very beginning of Marvel Phase 1. I would not have picked him as the one having the most movies. No, I wouldn't but have picked him either. Who do you who do you think his next villain would be if they pull from his pantheon of villains? Well, the post credit scene would point you in a certain direction, right? Um, you know, and and uh, I 
I can see that. I don't necessarily think it'll be just, um, well, we've already talked spoilers, so hopefully you're yeah. still not listening. Um, it's Hercules. Yeah, it's Hercules. Um, I don't, I have a feeling that if, if they're, if they're going to do a fifth Thor movie and it's going to be Thor versus Hercules, it's not just going to be Thor versus Hercules. Yeah. I think it's God war. I think it's God war. I think it's Thor versus Zeus and Ares and Hercules. Yeah. Well, I think it's just all, I think all of the gods go at it. Yeah. Because I, you'll have Zeus versus Thor, which you're right. So Hercules versus Thor. Right. But it seems like everybody there in Omniscient City kind of agreed with Thor. Like, nobody stopped him. No, nobody stopped him. And, you know, they probably shouldn't have because Zeus was a douche. But, right. I mean, now one thing that, that, you know, and Thor pointed out in the movie, he met, one of the gods that he mentioned when they were going to Omnipotent City or Omniscient City or whatever, was Ra, which is yeah. the Egyptian god. The Egyptian god of war, if I'm not mistaken. Um I can't confirm or deny. I could be completely wrong on that. But but, um, but Ra's the Egyptian god. But Ra's an Egyptian who god. Who does that make you think of immediately? Khonshu and Moon Knight. Moon Knight. So that could be another landing spot for Moon Knight. And Khonshu is if Thor 5 is God War. Then... That would be awesome. That would make perfect sense. That would be sense. so cool. Um, and that, yeah, and that would be, that'd be badass. You could bring the, the Egyptian gods in, you could have the Egyptian gods versus the Greek gods versus the Roman gods, which now that I'm thinking about it, I do believe Zeus is a Greek god because I believe that the Roman god is Jupiter. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I fact check myself. So there we go. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think, I think that would be a great place to go for Thor 5. Yeah, I think that's the way it goes. And I think that builds off the very, very end credit scene where yes. Jane is in Valhalla and she sees Heimdall and they're like, welcome, everyone's here. Uh, I think that God War just lends itself to bringing back uh, Asgardians and all the other gods from Valhalla and what what have you. Yeah, they could. I mean, they could resurrect a few that have been lost and... You know, they kind of showed that, I forget the name of the beast that Gore killed in the very beginning of the movie. The one where he found Sif. Oh, yeah. But Thor was like, he was the... Fenrir? Was that Fenrir? I don't know, I don't know. But that one was cool. It was one of the gentlest gods there ever was. And, you know, that you could see a resurrection there. Yeah. Which would be cool. It'd also be great to see Sif get her arm back, but whatever. And Odin. I don't know if we need to see Oda again, although I wouldn't be opposed to it. I I just love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, well, see, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. So yeah, but anyway, all right. So let's wrap up Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, and I'll just say overall, great movie. I would love to watch it again for sure. For sure, I'm I'm debating going to the theater to see it again. It was a lot of fun. If oh, you definitely need to see it in theaters. Oh, 100%. I was about to say, if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, do not wait to watch it on Disney+. Plus. The spectacle is worth the theater trip. It really is. It I really was, is. I was waiting for the very last end credit scene, and I realized how much of the credits were devoted just to visual effects teams for good reason. Yeah, it was like two days of names. Yeah, they do a lot of really good work, and it yeah. would be a shame not to witness this on a massive screen. Yes, I agree 100%. If you're going to see it, see it in the theaters if you can. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All yes, right, indeed. so we will skip TV this week, even though there's a lot to talk about. We're going to need stuff to talk about next week, too. That's true. Uh, so we'll skip TV, 
And then I think we're going to... You got anything for video games? I got one little bitty thing. Nothing major. But I do have a little something. We'll hit that up, and then I will take care of toys and comics in one fell swoop. And that, of course, will drive us to our Patreon uh, shout-outs right after our Galactic Dad Media Network update. Easy day. Let's move on. We'll do video games. Let's do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Feels good. I wonder if the uh, the folks watching our Patreon live stream think we look as ridiculous as we actually look while we're grooving to the. We look uh, like Chris Catan and Will Ferrell in Night at the Roxbury. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the one where they broke the window and everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, did you ever play a Xbox game called Skate? Uh, I did not. No, it was uh, basically a Tony Hawk competitor. Of course, um, of course, which is. Um, pretty popular it was a little bit more realistic than tony hawk i mean all i know about tony hawk's pro skater is that it kind of embodied my choice in music selection throughout my teenage years right there yeah tony hawk and you know it was an ea game so that explains it yep uh tony hawk's soundtrack was spare no expense it was it was excellent it was awesome it was really good um it's still really good it holds up so skate um, they've had three installments totally um, to this point. Now rumors are coming around that there is going to be a fourth entry in the series. It is going to be free to play, kind of a That's game as a awesome. service model. It's it's awesome. It makes me wonder what the microtransactions are going to look like. And that's what you were ask BMW. Yeah, you, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this game's about because. You know, like, Barrett likes to play Skate 3. Um, I've got it free on Xbox Game Pass, and he likes to play it. It's, you know, it's entertaining, and uh, I'm very curious to see how it's going to look. And, you know, a free-to-play game. I mean, these days, hell, most of the free-to-play games are making more money than the uh, the pay ones. But um, it's not anything that's going to be coming soon from everything I've seen. It's been 12 years since the last one came out. Um, so obviously they're not in a rush to bring this out. I think it will, you know, I think it'll make, I think it'll make some money. Um, I think it'll be popular. It'll be something new, which is always good at this point. Cause it feels like everything we're playing is a battle Royale or a first person shooter. So anytime you can have something new, it's good. Um, hopefully we see this in the next year or two. Um, I don't want them to rush it out by any means, but I think it'd be a good one to play. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, it's been 12 years since skate three, so they've had plenty of time. So hopefully they got this thing in the, uh, in the hopper the right way. Um, the other, you know, big piece of video game news that I'm actually pretty excited about is after a three year hiatus, E3, the electronic entertainment expo, uh, is going to be coming back to LA. Um, there is going to be another E3 Second week of June 2023. Um, the Entertainment Software Association is the trade group that runs a convention, uh, and they have partnered with Read Pop, which is an event production company that helps out with New York Comic Con, Star Wars Celebration. John, you listening? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be good. They've canceled it ever since COVID, 
Um, I think they did a virtual one last year, which was whatever. Uh, then the convention was canceled this year, which I was bummed about. E3 always delivers something good. And, um, you know, it might not be anything too crazy, but I think next year, if we're going to have an E3, it's going to be awesome because you're going to have developers and you're going to have, you know, publishers that haven't been able to do E3 for the past three years. So now they're going to be able to come back in an in-person event in LA where it belongs, second week of June, and it's going to be killer. And I think you're going to get a lot of announcements. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Plus, I mean, with Reed Pop being involved uh, and their experience with uh, no small conventions, you know, like I said, PAX, New York Comic Con, Star Wars Celebration, they know how to put an event together. And I think this one will be no exception. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll start shopping plane tickets for L.A. for the second week of June next year. Yeah, I mean, I might just have to do that. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but yeah, E3 2023 is confirmed. Media registration will begin late 2022. And um, event schedules will be shared in the months to come. Yeah, that works. That works. I know uh, Reed Pop, of course, is very good because they run C2E2, which, of course, we love. New York City Comic Con, Star Wars Celebration, I mean, Eric did very good at naming them. Oh, looks like we have a special guest from Laser Eric's tribe. B, you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. How you doing, buddy? Good. You want to wave at the camera? Wave at the camera. Say what's up. Hi. All right. Put you back to bed. Wait, how is that real How is it real? It's not real. It's all made up. All right, don't worry. I will transition us on into comics and take over so you can get them down. All right, sounds good. Good night, Barrett. Hi, dude. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) All right, so as promised, I will go ahead and move us right along. We will go hit up comics and toys because I have fun stuff to talk about there. Man, I really feel like Eric did a lot of heavy lifting there on video games. Did a good job. Anyway, so uh, we're moving into the toys and comics, which I will combine this week uh, because typically Jedi John handles the toy segment for us, and uh, I normally do comics. And next week, Jedi John, I will be away at San Diego Comic-Con, so we will both be covering lots of toys and comic book stuff there. So... Hopefully, if everything works out as planned, we will go ahead and record some San Diego sessions and get you guys lots of really awesome content uh, just talking about everything that's wonderful and geeky in the epicenter of all of our geek hearts, which is San Diego Comic-Con. So we're looking forward to that. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, Patreon subscribers will probably get to see some cool stuff on the show floor that we will share with them, uh, and then we will probably... You know, just post other stuff randomly. I think we're going to have a great time. We've got a lot of really good stuff planned. We're just trying to figure out how we're going to run the show anyway. Uh, And by the show, I mean San Diego Comic-Con. The programming is insane. Uh, We'd probably have to go like eight times just to be able to figure out how to run it all. Uh, But So we're definitely doing that. So that is your comic book and toy network news. Uh, And that means just 
keep an eye out for us because we're going. We're going to have a great time. You know, Steph actually told me that if I wanted to get a plane ticket and go down, I could. What? Which really shocked me. I can't because I just used all my vacation time to move into this house, but... It's good to know just I've got it, a wife. Just that do supports it unpaid. Me. It's three days, man. <laughs> you can do it. That's fair. But uh, I, I think if I was able to go into the convention, it would be another conversation. But well, I don't know how ticket transfers work, but oh, I know no, some people it. who were going but aren't, and I don't know if they forfeited their tickets yet. Oh, uh, don't say that. <laughs> but either way, I don't know. All right, I won't say it. I won't say it. Um, but yeah, so definitely get ready to check us out there. We're going to have a great time with it. This is going to be a huge event uh, for, you know, not only John, but myself. It's been a lifelong dream to go. Um, so hopefully it's not underwhelming. I'm, I'm really happy that you guys get to go because I know you both have been trying for Since years. 2019 when we actually got tickets. Yeah, and even before then, even before you were, that, it was like five trying, years. Yeah, for like five or six mm-hmm. years, you were trying to win the lottery to even go. Yeah, and then when we finally did it, they canceled it for two years. And yeah. it's just like, dude, I, oh man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for you guys. I, like I said, I wish I could tag along and you know see your backpack, but uh, I know you'll have a lot of really good stories. I'm trying to figure out just how far into debt I'm willing to go for the show, and I'm really fighting with myself <laughs> on. I'm like, am I just going to open a new card? Maybe. We'll see. Probably not. It's a terrible idea. That's not how you make financial decisions in this climate. No, 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 no. But it's what John would do. So anyway, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. it's time for that uh, Galactic Dance Media Network update, which I've kind of spoiled already for everyone, uh, but we'll hit it up anyway. Of course, you can always check out our buddies over on the Force Dyad podcast. That, of course, is ran by Obi Sean uh, and Jedi John. They do a lot of really awesome good work over there on Star Wars-related stuff. Uh, and I know Obi Sean just hit up the new comic book day uh, to, to get his poll list going for Star Wars-related titles, which are always phenomenal from marvel yes uh, so he he was after some new stuff this week his poll list is growing uh, i didn't ask him if he picked up the first issue of the mandalorian yet i believe he mentioned that okay uh, when okay. in you guys's twitter conversation i was watching yes. from a distance i believe he did mention the mandalorian as well as crimson rain even though that's coming to an end he yeah he picked up um crimson rain did he didn't he mention war of the bounty hunters he might have yeah okay so he anyway have, yes so you should definitely go check them out. I know they still have episode 31 up. I think they're getting ready to release episode 32. Yes. Padme who? What? <laughs> uh, so definitely go check them out anywhere you get your podcast. They are there. That's at Force Dyad Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, our buddies over on the Comic Shop Couch. Of course, we're talking uh, Joe President, who, of course, we love on the show. We, of course, love Superior Raw, Dickie Wren, and Marco the Heretic. All great guys over on the on the Comic Shop couch. It's been fun. I've been on the show before. Uh, it's one of my more favorite episodes, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that that was uh, that was a really funny episode. I actually listened to it a couple of times. Yeah, we had a um, good time. Yeah. So <laughs> we had a really good time. Uh, so that was cool. And 
Uh, they have their latest episode is out, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so you should definitely go check out the Comic Shop Couch podcast, obviously, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe they're called audio platforms now. I think we're moving on. So Yes, yeah. It's whatever. about time to change the uh, terminology for sure. Yeah, it's okay. It's been over a decade. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. And then moving on, of course, we have our Patreon shout outs. Even if you go over to patreon.com slash galactic dads, you get the opportunity to become a patron of the show. And of course, we love and appreciate any support you guys show. Uh, but if you go over there and you get on the producer level or above, you get mentioned on every single episode of the podcast. So now it is time. Uh, and I always like to get off started right. Uh, the first person I think should be mentioned, it's only right that they are the first person to be a Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. And they came out of the gate hot at the producer level. Uh, and, of course, we were talking about Keith Jefferson. You know, Keith is an awesome galactic dad in his own right. He's a self-described geek, uh, but he's been doing it for a long time. He he does the cosplay at cons. Uh, he's into the retro gaming as well as the brand new gaming over on the Xbox side. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's just cool. Uh, he sports his Galactic Dad's merch, uh, like a, like an awesome dude. You can see it over on the socials. Uh, Keith Jefferson's just a great guy. He's the OG, and of course, we love him very much for his support. You've also, I've, I've personally, I've always got to appreciate somebody that's heavy in the retro gaming. Yeah, because yeah. it's easy He's to let that stuff go away. But uh, man, like some of you guys just don't know how good the '90s were for video games, and uh, you. You know, you may never understand it, and it's okay. But, yeah, I've always got to have an appreciation for my fellow retro gaming fans. Yeah. Yep. He's even a little more retro than that. But uh, he was the guy who was kind enough to download the X-Men arcade game onto a uh, flash drive for me. Oh, man. So I could play it on my laptop, which is awesome because I love that. One of my favorite games from the 90s yes. is the X-Men yes. arcade game. Arcade 1-Up has a, uh, a mini version of it. And don't be surprised if you see it in the background of Studio E sometime in the yeah. future. Because, God, it's tempting every time I see it. That is true. So. Uh, I, I love that. I love the Turtles in Time. Yes, that's a good arcade one, too. One up, that's a great that's a good one. one, too. It's a really good one. So. But anyway, so we, of course, appreciate Keith Jefferson. Let's move on. Who's our next guy? Our next guy. Big fan of the show. Big Love fan this of the guy. show. Big participant in the show. Great dude. TK31788 of the 501st. Uh, TK has been uh, a longtime contributor, longtime friend of the show and friend of ours. Um, he's been with us in person at, at QuadCon. Um, multiple times he's been on the show multiple times indeed uh, has contributed in many ways he's uh he's been our fact checker more than a couple times he's contributed to you know he's commented on the live streams and things like that we've had some good interactions with him during the show as well dude yeah yeah he he really takes advantage of all the ways that you can interact with us on the show right right yeah he's a he is a great um a great what's the word i'm looking for he's a great example of of nerddom yeah, I'd say, and like a, a pretty wide spectrum of it as right. well. You know, he's got the Lego thing. Uh, Brickin' ain't easy on Instagram. Check him out. Um, that dude does better quality photos for his Legos than I do of my kids. Yeah, it's a true story. And I don't he know does. if I'm ashamed of that or just impressed with him, but I'm gonna a little take bit me. of both. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of both. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Legos. He knows he knows more about Star Wars than than a lot of people. Um, you know, and uh, he's real heavy into that fandom. Obviously, being a member of the 501st. Of course. Uh, you don't just do that because you're bored. Um, avid bocce ball player. 
Yeah. That's probably what he's, he's doing this evening. Right now, that's exactly yeah. what he's doing. Probably he's halfway through a nice nice cigar, and hopefully he's winning. Um, but, yeah, TK, we love you, man. And, and we uh, do. We yeah. really appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for all your support over the uh, the years. The here. years now, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Wow. I know, time flies. Wow, we're three fun. years deep, dude. We are three years deep. Yes. And only just now going to Comic-Con, my God. Anyway, let's move it on to our buddy uh, on the I Love You 3000 level, and that is Joe Peresident. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know Joe. We just talked about him. Uh, he's the host of the Comic Shop Couch podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my cohort that was going to show me the ways of San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know if he's going to make it now, but that's okay. Uh but obviously, the huge Bane-loving cosplayer does great work on his Bane cosplay. And he's a wonderful father and husband. And uh, he, do, he does not only galactic, but he does dads. Yes. He's, he's an awesome guy, and we really appreciate his support. Uh, really do. Uh, we appreciate his support. We appreciate TK and Keith's support. And everyone else who is a Patreon supporter. We uh, love and appreciate you guys, and all of you have definitely earned this round of applause. Thank you. All right, so listen, that's going to do it as we finish these beers and say cheers. We thank all of you for listening. Uh, Please remember, if you're giving us a listen, leave a like. Leave us a rating that's huge, even more important. Throw a review down. It's it's massive. Helps us on the algorithms. Uh, and, of course, share it no matter which platform that uh, you're listening on. Uh, you can check us out on the patreon.com slash galactic dads. You get bonus episodes such as the unrated and unedited after hours episodes. Which, you, if I'm not mistaken, we got another one coming here. Yeah, we've soon, got one that's going to publish mm-hmm. very shortly here for that. Yeah. Um, you can check that out, plus uh, all sorts of the live streams. You can watch us record each episode uh, as it happens, mm-hmm. which is cool, which means you actually get to watch episodes way before they are published. So uh, you're very lucky there. Uh, plus, you get to get your hands on some of that super sweet Galactic Dads T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, stickers, all sorts of stuff um, that is exclusive, exclusively available only to Patreon subscribers. Yes, indeed. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and uh, we'd appreciate you if you do, or if you don't, just keep on listening. And remember, keep on doing the dad thing. Cheers. Cheers.